What is up, everybody? Welcome to Wayward Artists in a Wayward World. I'm Sid, and join me today is a lovely photographer and poet and rapper, too. I've seen her <laughs> rap before. Uh, Grace June. Grace, how are you doing? Oh, good. You remember I rap. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> you were so, like, yeah, you were so scared. <laughs> I um, remember that. I mean, yeah, that's why I felt like even more embarrassed because I was like, Bethany, let me go first. And it, like, it made me seem like all egoic or whatever, but it was basically <laughs> so I wouldn't chicken out because I knew I was a noob. Yeah. So, Bethany Montgomery, like, friend of the show, um, she yes. put up this wonderful event. Like it was super personal and intimate. And I, I, I still remember that. That was a really good time. Oh, yeah. That was a that was a lovely evening. Yeah. I wish more artists did that. Like, just, oh, bro. Like, I don't need like all these people. Like, I just want to like talk art with like a person or, mm, people, you mm -hmm. know, <laughs> uh, kind of like what this show is about. I think I feel like a lot of people like this show because it is me talking with another artist, whether it's theater or baking, hiking, nature, um, anything really, video games uh, as well. Um, we, get, we got a lot of people from a lot, lots of different walks of life. And now I think, I think so far you're like, kind of my first professional photographer i've had friends who do f photography professionally but i think i know you mainly as a photographer pretty much yeah so uh for the uninitiated grace like who are you and uh, what do you what exactly do you do all right whoa Ooh, okay all right let's let's figure out in which order to say the things that i am um let's see I'm a soul who chose to come to planet Earth and inhabit this body with this family at this time. Um, that's a thing. So uh, that's cool. I um, I grew up in Alaska. Uh, I I've been an artist for like I don't know, seven years or so. Um, what else? I'm I don't get asked this very often. You okay? So Sid, here's the thing. Um, I do so much stuff. I have three businesses. Um, and so usually when I'm asked about myself, it's about one thing or the other. So I'm just like super overwhelmed right now. And plus, you know, the philosophical standpoint of like, who are you really? It's like, oh, bro, I have no idea, but I'll do my best. <laughs> um, so like essentially, I, I'm a professional photographer. I graduated from Spokane Falls Community College in 2016 and i got married three days later that was insane oh. um not nearly the craziest thing i've ever done in my life p.s uh that's <laughs> fine but uh yeah so I, I came to spokane a while back uh, i had lived in yakima after moving from alaska and i came here to actually go to photography school mm -hmm. um and my then boyfriend, now husband, Phil, was living here. And I was like, oh, photography school. What a good reason to live in Spokane. Guess what? I'm moving in. And he's like, oh, oh God. So, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, there's um, a couple things from that. Um, one, I didn't know you run three businesses. Yes. yes I yeah. What, what is that all about? Well, so I, uh, you know, have Grace June Imagery. Um, and then I own a little business that I like two of my businesses are getting started. They're in like the, well, they've been in the works for a while. You know how it goes. Um, I have one brand called love life insurance and it's essentially an inspirational educational brand insurance, like kind of fun and funny and interesting because I mean, it's like a wet blanket of a topic. So I'm just trying to 
do something more upbeat with it. We have an Instagram at love.life.insurance and basically I post inspirational quotes and stuff. And we have a website that's going on and it's going to feature our cat Leland, who is a beautiful Siamese rag doll. He's too cute for his own good. So that's one business. And um, my other one is called Shade Shield, which is a product-based startup. Uh, it's a mental health movement as well. And basically a shade shield is a little symbol you wear in the form of a pin or a logo on an item of clothing. And it reminds you to harness your inner confidence and shut down the shade of shady shade throwers. And I'm actually wearing a shade shield t-shirt right now. Um, so yeah, those are my three businesses. And usually one of them is getting more attention than the other. And if you know anyone that wants to intern for Shade Shield, like hit me up. Oh, cool. Because <laughs> I need help. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that Like a paid internship? <laughs> uh, God, I wish. I wish so much. I would love that more than anything. Sid, I love nothing. I love few things more. I don't see nothing more. I love few things more than seeing artists get paid. Mm -hmm. Like that like makes my day when you, when you're in meditation they're like contemplate your heart's desire i'm like well <laughs> i can't, honestly can't think of too many i'm like very fulfilled so but like i love seeing people artists individuals get paid and thrive in an entrepreneurial environment i'm very much about like business and entrepreneurship and you know, doing your own thing and getting out there. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate what you're doing in that regard. So yeah, I, keep it up. I mean, like, uh, no one's getting usually like on an actual professional podcast, <laughs> I would pay my like my guest. Oh, what, really? I, People get paid? Yeah, like they, really? they uh, I think they call it a uh, God, I can't remember, but um, a booking fee, at least. So like, uh -huh. yeah, like, I think all those people that go on like Jimmy Fallon and to the tonight show they get paid a little something like they don't get paid a, right they don't get, oh yeah yeah because like you're using their image you're using their fan base you're like you're using all this stuff um but i could be wrong i don't know uh all my all the people that have been on this show so far are my friends and they're like oh wow you want me to be on your podcast that's cool <laughs> i think you're a cool person <laughs> yeah so. hell yeah yeah um, i'll take it yeah oh i should have asked you that what about cursing Oh, I, I sometimes say things. Is this for children? Uh, it is for children, but we do curse, you know, like we've had kids on the show. We had minors. Okay. Um, okay. I don't cuss around the minors. I try not to anyway. Yeah, um, <laughs> I try not to anyway, like as a professional. But if I, I'm also a writer, I forgot to mention that I also write creative fiction. Mm -hmm. um, so like, you know, yeah, I, I don't have to speak the way I speak in my writing. Yeah, one of the <laughs> I just I should have asked. Yeah, one of the kids I mentor is like 14, Murphy, uh, Murphy Kittredge. Uh, he, he was on the show because his mom said it was okay. <laughs> and um, nice. like, I, I think I said the F word. And he's like, ah, that's fine. That's not the worst that I've heard. And knowing that kid, I'm like, yeah, this is probably true. But like, at the same time, this is a public platform. I shouldn't be cussing in front of a minor. You know what I mean? It's weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I try like it's like important to be a good role model and like oh, yeah. you know i i grew up um i'm like actually a pastor's child mm -hmm. so i like joke that i'm just making up for lost time mm -hmm. for like yeah words i wasn't allowed to say but like i try you know i try to be tasteful i'm just i i'm just not um not classy i guess i feel like that's just me every day living inside <laughs> i really can't do much so whenever i do something that would be kind of a no-no in Saudi Arabia. I would be like, 
this is uh this is my protest right now. <laughs> this is this is my rebellion phase. I'm like 27 years old and I'm going through my rebellious teenage years. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I yeah. get it, man. Like I don't get it like on that mm -hmm. level. Um, but like I know I know the vibe of what you're yeah. going for there. Like, yeah, for real. I just I grew up in a small town in Alaska and I was homeschooled mm -hmm. and um like there were eight hundred people in my town. And like I don't being homeschooled was a trip and then like when your dad's a pastor and you're homeschooled it's like a double I don't I wouldn't call it say loser but I mean like <laughs> like in terms of cultural like understanding of the world didn't um, quite translate very well <laughs> uh, so moving to Washington was a trip yeah. it was an absolute absolute trip and moving to Yakima was very different too um, like I, I don't know that I heard the Spanish language spoken before. So it was like, really, I was like, oh, man, this is cool. Um, but then also, like growing up in Alaska, you're not exposed to a lot of things that you're exposed to when you're just like in a regular ish place. Um, so I had never like, really experienced people being racist before. And then they were like saying the worst things about each other. And I was just I was 17. And I was like, confused. I was legitimately like, why <laughs> you know yeah. um i never heard you know like i don't know i was very unexposed so i was like man why are why are people why are they why are they saying this like i don't yeah it didn't compute yeah um exactly. oh no i, I get what yeah. you mean uh living in saudi arabia it's a pretty big metropolitan area so we, we get a lot of like shapes and sizes and colors uh, and there and coming to Spokane and it being so small and so white, yeah. you know, I'm uh -huh. just like, uh, no, I, just, I, I don't really like living here in Spokane. I think it's fine for like retirement or if you want to like take it easy, but like my life, like, I, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, it was a from cars in <laughs> my life, a quarter mile uh, or something like, I, I forgot. Like, I, I like to live on the fast lane, you know? Just wanna, I want to, I want to go yeah. on to the next adventure, but I got uh, you. Go well, for it. We can't <laughs> because of oh, coronavirus is not. Oh. It's not no. Rona, Rona's motto this year has been no fun, no fun, no fun, no for yeah, Rona. Basically, um, the way I know you, Grace. Before we get into the main topic, is uh, mm -hmm. like you know meeting at Bethany's little thing, but also like uh, I think we bonded over our tattoo. Um, yeah. Wrist. Like, do you want to talk about yours? Yeah, I have a semicolon. I have a little purple semicolon on my wrist. Mm -hmm. um, For the uninitiated, like, what, what is the semicolon? Well, the semicolon is basically, like, I choose life. I choose, like, not to end the sentence. And uh, if I have suicidal tendencies or ideation, I um, choose to work through it. And I choose to um, stay on planet Earth, even though sometimes that's not the easiest choice. Mm -hmm. And how is that mantra? Do you still have that mantra nowadays with everything going on? Like, how, how, oh, definitely how, more more than yeah, ever. Do you th has it been a lot harder to keep than most day, <clears throat> most years? Well, you know, I have to say, like, uh, my mental health struggles have been really extreme lately um, because I had a medication change and I have bipolar and um, like like some tendencies that are actually really intense, like like not just beyond the bipolar, but, um, like actual psychosis and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so I take medications for like psychosis. 
Um, and then, you know, sometimes side effects get so bad, you can't be on that medication anymore. So to answer your question, like, it, I wouldn't say it's been harder because of the pandemic. I was actually noticing in something I, I was writing, like, you know, I don't know if it's the same for other people with mental health conditions, but like the coronavirus hasn't changed a lot for me in that regard. I was already like, it felt like I was already in a pandemic, but in my mind. <laughs> so like, I'm not as, I mean, this crisis is, is hardcore and I, I worry, I worry about like everyone and my family and stuff, but like, you know, just to be, I guess it makes me feel kind of selfish, but like I was already kind of messed up. Mm -hmm. So like, honestly, um, I don't know, maybe I'm just well situated for a terrible crisis because like I've been in one for years. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, put a positive spin yeah. on it. Like, it seems like you're well equipped to handle like all this craziness. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. Thank you. Yes. I, you know, um, I'm not, I'm not a stranger to craziness. Like no, no offense to my brain. Sorry, brain. Yeah. You're fine. I love you, brain. You're a good brain. Yeah. Um, I have to talk to my brain. It's cool. She'll attack me later if I'm not, <laughs> like, if I'm not nice. Um, but yeah, so uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. But uh, yeah, I would say thank you. I would say like in recent months with the medication change being what it was, um, it was very, very intense. And I still have side effects of like the new one. And uh, but I will say, you know, through everything I've gotten just in a very short period of time, I would say, you know, to your point, in light of everything that's going on, I've gotten even better at when I fall apart, picking myself up and putting myself back together. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd say, you know, trial by fire, yeah. um, it happens. And I feel for other people that are going through it. And I know people in the mental health community, I mean, I, I've kind of been keeping to myself a little bit. Um, and I try to stay off like Instagram and Facebook, if anything, affects my mental health negatively in terms of the pandemic it's getting on social media so you know when i get on i'm trying to just post like positive things and not like engage too much um that's just what i need to do so i don't know if it's similar for other people and in, in kind of like my position who have struggled with you know decades of feeling suicidal if it's if it's worse because of the pandemic i think i did hear that suicide rates have gone up mm -hmm. um and and that's concerning but um yeah i just i try to i try to choose life i'm i'm very i'm very grateful that um mm -hmm. that i have that choice because sometimes it gets to the point where you know it feels like you don't have those options exactly um I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that you're doing okay. <laughs> during yeah, I slept the last three nights in a row, man. Nice. I wish <laughs> that was. Good. I wish that was me. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh God. I feel. I feel for anyone who's going through insomnia. That's just. Well, okay. that's like it's literally a form of torture. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I mean, insomnia is not that good. I mean, not good at all. Like, not even that no. good. <laughs> but it's like it's like an actual method to torture people: sleep deprivation. Mm. And I'm like. I'm sitting there and like, please let me sleep brain. And she's like, no, you have to Google terrifying things. I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah, um, I've been, it's been fluctuating for me, honestly. Like I thought I was in a really good place earlier in the year. I mean, I was kind of upset because I wasn't there to close out a show that I was doing. 
But I thought, like, oh man, there'll be another show that we'll get to do, and you know, mm-hmm. we have we have this grant. Like, we applied for a grant, even if we don't, even like at the time, even though if, even if we don't get a grant, the saga grant that we talked about on the show, even if we don't get it, like we're still gonna do it anyway. Like, it's gonna mm-hmm. be it's gonna be a fun summer. And I was gonna go to Eastern to do a show there, and it was like, oh yeah, everything's coming up, Millhouse, and then like pandemic happened and it was like nope (laughs) i'm doing that i feel like i've been constantly in a both spiritually mourning everything that's kind of been lost with like theater and everything and then the literal mourning uh for my dogs who also died (sighs) uh this year uh oh no like both of them and well one of them i guess you can technically call like last year christmas eve 2019 oh my god but I'm counting it as this year because I hate 2020. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not a fan. The roaring 20s, like, please yeah. don't flatter yourself. <laughs> this is like the burning 20s. Exactly. Well, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, this is Wayward Artists in a Wayward World. We each and every day, I sit with a wayward artist, and we talk about a person that we're thankful, they're, they're thankful for, not we. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll talk about <laughs> it. Um, it's a podcast based on Jared Petty's podcast called Pockets Full of Soup where basically I still love the exact same format. Um, he does the exact same thing. Um, he hasn't posted <laughs> a Pockets Full of Soup episode in a while. Uh, and I felt like during this pandemic, it was really important to uh, resurrect that. Think positively, uh, look back positively on the past in order to, uh, to uh, like go into the future, hopefully with a positive mindset, at least the best we can. Um, Grace, I'm going to ask you yes. the question that I ask each and every person on the show each and every week. Hooray. Uh, Tell me a person that you're thankful for. Oh, my gosh. A person. My sister, Bonnie. Oh, right away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell me about Bonnie. Oh, Lord. Okay. Where do I begin? She would be so embarrassed if I go too deep into this. Bonnie is my little sister. She's a baby of the family. And it's really hard to choose between her and Phil um bonnie's just been there since the start of her life um and like phil's lovely obviously but uh i mean i'm married to him so he's an obvious choice but bonnie (laughs) bonnie uh like she's just been my number one support person forever and she and i like um we're really close and uh you know, she's seven years younger than me, but we were like super similar and have a lot in common. She's probably more mature than I am. I just know more stuff because I'm older. She knows things I'll never comprehend, obviously. But um, anyway, <laughs> but she uh, she's an opera singer. She got her master's at WVU and her bachelor's at CWU. And wait, West Virginia University. Yeah, that's where she got her master's. Um, She's going to kill me if I said that wrong. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so she started Bonnie Joy Studios recently. I'm super proud of her, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, for being a little entrepreneur, like a little, I'm not trying to like diminish it. Little entrepreneur, it's not like that. Um, but, uh, you know, I've been a businesswoman for a while. And like, it's just so cool to see Bonnie doing it too. And um, my, my other sister, Gloria, is pretty a badass in her own right as well she's she became a mom a while back and Mm -hmm. she's 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 freaking cool too um bon bonnie uh like in terms of like my mental health or other things i go through um 
like all these years because I've I've been symptomatic since I was about nine. So, <laughs> um, and like severely symptomatic since I was about sixteen or seventeen. Um, but Bonnie, like she's just she's just uh, be there with these hugs all the time, and and I had insomnia, and she'd always just like try to help me go to sleep and. She and I went around everywhere together. So she's just been my best friend since I was like caring for her while my parents were working. So um, I, my sisters are very, very important to me. Um, I adore them. And Bonnie and I just, you know, we talk a lot. And um, I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I would have uh, gotten to, you know, be here uh, without <laughs> her being there. <laughs> yeah, that's really sweet of her. I mean, like like taking care of you at that young age, like, did she know that there was something up with you? Like, did she, like, how old is she? Like... Well, she's 25 now and I'm 33. Okay. Um, so like, I will say when she was about 14, she visited me in the psych ward mm -hmm. when I was hospitalized. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, you know, she took it really well. Um, I, you know, she seemed to handle, handle um, me being unwell like very stoically i would say she, she never freaked out um and she would you and i was uh on state like disability and unemployed and very symptomatic and recovering from an alcohol addiction and living with my parents who i didn't get along with at the time and she's just there you know she's going to high school she's doing her thing and like like never judging me. I don't think we got into a single fight like ever. Um, the whole time I was living there, I'd have nightmares to be like, can I sleep with you? She's like, do you want to sleep in my bed? Yeah. So <laughs> like, so I have like night terrors that are pretty incredible. Um, but uh, yeah, Bon Bon is, she's, she's solid, you know, and she's like very inspirational. Um, she's, she's a person of faith. She's very dedicated, um, to her faith as well as being anti-racist. Um, and she does body awareness. So she helps people with like meditations and stuff. Um, and she works her butt off. Oh my gosh. Um, she, for, for, uh, for the cause of art and teaching and all the stuff she does. It's just really, really awesome. I'm so proud of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds really impressive, especially for, as someone like so young. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, oh my god, yes. Yeah. And she, she's you know, it. I I think I'm supportive to her too. Um, so it's you know it's definitely a two way street. Like we're, I'm we're best we're best friends. It's cool. Yeah, absolutely. And then like I think what's really cool is that like when you talk about like how young she was when she was seeing you in the psych ward and mm -hmm. like seeing you go through all this like, you know, troubling stuff, like even stuff that like when you try to explain it to an adult, like they just brush it off as like, oh, it's whatever, you're young, like it doesn't really matter. Like your sister kind of took you in even at a younger age. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, there's something like wrong with my sister and for oh, no. her. You know, like it's like it's commendable for yeah. sure. I mean, yeah. it, it's um, and the fact that like, like she wasn't scared of no, you. No, she wasn't. <laughs> or, she never was because she knew me. You know, I I was like a third parent, so like my like while my parents were working, as I mentioned, because in Alaska, um, you work during the tourist season, and the tourist season was seven 
about seven months out of the year. And, um, you know, my parents can pay for babysitters. So I'm like, I was old enough, you know, I was nine. Um, so I was watching Bonnie and Gloria and like taking care of the house and like cleaning and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I guess I, I also like helped raise my sisters. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure at least one of them sees it that way. Cause I did look, I did look after them quite a bit and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we did, we did stuff together and in Alaska, there isn't a lot to do except for like walk everywhere, like, (laughs) um, and play, play basketball, which, I actually have a basketball trophy on my <laughs> on my desk, and it's your. I I want you to laugh at this because it's funny. Um, I I was not good at basketball, and um, I sat on the bench most of the time. But I worked my butt off, and I went to all the practices, and I tried, you know, decently hard for someone who's not athletic. And I have this trophy, and it says "most improved," and it's like a girl. <laughs> It's a girl doing a layup and like, I'm keeping that right at my, like the center of my business so I can remember who I really am. <laughs> yeah. That's such a weird, uh, that's such a weird trophy. I know. I like, know. It's like, they, yeah, I know. But it's I, like, I, it's like I sucked and I got better. So that's like a compliment, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, like, um, yeah, it's definitely one of those little kitty like participation trophies. Like uh, we, we got to like figure out, like we we can't just not give you no uh, your little grace like a, yeah, I so. know well like kind of so like okay, <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on my hometown but like I was a teensy bit like ostracized like bullied and stuff and a teensy bit is an understatement um I was not liked and I did not have friends uh really I had there was this one wonderful woman named Crystal who I'm still buddies with she was like nice to me and it was <laughs> really a luxury. Um, so for the people there to actually give me a most improved trophy was actually pretty remarkable that they like <laughs> acknowledged me at all. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm actually pretty proud of this sucker. Like I, my mom had it and I used to think it was so embarrassing and now I'm like owning it. I'm like, you know what? I was the most improved and I actually have gotten the most improved certificate multiple times in my life in different environments. So like, it's like nice because I I used to suck at something, maybe have a crappy attitude, but then like I make a comeback, like freaking Rudy, man, you know what I'm saying? So like, (laughs) yeah, by the way, you're allowed to like hate on your hometown. We, we, I feel like we've hated on Spokane here a few times. (laughs) So like you're allowed to like, hate on uh, alaska and to further the further kind of hate alaska just a little bit like um like for no reason you know like um tourist season who's going to alaska for the holidays <laughs> like what, what is there like it's like you said like what is there to do oh man i can give you <laughs> i can legit give you the breakdown so all right okay let me whew, where to begin okay i'm just gonna list off all the kinds of tours i can think of off the top Helicopter tour, dog sled tour, whitewater tour, kayak tour, uh, float plane tour, yellow cab tour, horse carriage tour, brothel tour. Um, let's see what else. A bicycle tour, uh, saloon tour. Like there's a shit ton of tours. Um, and then there's gift shops. And you, you buy gift shops of stuff that are Alaskan themed that are made in China for the most part. Mm-hmm. Or... Sometimes there's like local artisanal 
like artists, like there are a few Native American artists who actually do Native American carvings that are really cool. Those are few and far between mostly in like last time I was in Skagway, Alaska, which is where I'm from. There were a lot of jewelry stores and you'd be surprised that you go to Alaska and find jewelry stores. But I will say there is this amazing location, a woman named Kathy Shen, boss lady. My sister Bonnie used to work for her. She actually sells my photo prints out of her shop. Um, and I just pray that, you know, she and the gals make it through this because um, Kathy designs the jewelry herself. Mm-hmm. She is, she's, there's like a, she's like an educated, uh, and I believe it's intergenerational jewelry designer. And she's a badass. Like, I just, I have so much admiration for her. And, and honestly, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's like, kind of easy and hard to hate on your hometown at the same time because like at the time I was very miserable and it was mostly due to depression and not like necessarily enjoying home life particularly because I was a teenager and you know how it is being a teenager Mm -hmm. um so that wasn't my favorite but um you know like I, I went back the last I went back in 2017 and did a whole art project I did a fundraiser actually to do an art project in Alaska and I came back with a lot of really interesting photos um, and a lot of people got behind me, you know, um, Dean Davis uh, supported me. Um, he, he donated for me to get a couple lenses that, that helped me um, do better photos. And I got, you know, I got this photo while I was there, man. Oh my God. People love this photo. And it's not that I don't like this photo. It's fine. I just like, you know, darker, edgier, sadder stuff. <laughs> this photo is of three buffalo in the snow um, with birch trees in the background. And it's like my best selling photo and people love it. Um, but like, I never would have gotten it without going back to Alaska. And it was like an entire odyssey. Like maybe I'm, you know, being all bipolar about this. I'm blowing it up in my head, but like, you know, like Odysseus, like a hero's journey a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um because my parents like sent me away from Alaska. They're like, eh, bye, you're going. Um, but my dad, uh, you know, drove me back. So my, my dad actually is the one that took me back to Alaska 13 years later. I've been gone all this time. And he, and he, he let us stay. You know, he was a preacher at the church there at the time. So he, my friend and I stayed with him and he cooked for us and he drove like most of the way. So my dad, like, you know, I felt it was highly redemptive, like, I didn't get along with my dad um, while I was a teenager and I went through some terrible crap. Um, and, uh, but then now we're cool. And then he took me back to Alaska. But my whole point with all of that is I went back and it was a, it was a very different place from when, you know, you're a kid or, mm-hmm. um, and they were like, still like some people still remembered me like this one lady uh, at clothes rush and they spelled it with a K they have clothes rush and Klondike cone company. No, it's just cone company. Anyway, this lady named Mindy, she was like, give her the local discount. I was like, Oh my God, she still <laughs> gave me the local discount. Like, so look, I know a lot of people, you know, aren't like the mo- biggest fans of Spokane or whatever, but um, honestly, this place has been the best place I've ever lived. Um, Yakima was like super dark vibes in a lot of ways. Um, and just it just what I experienced there. I had actually the worst experiences of my life in Yakima oh, um, that were really intense. So coming to Spokane 
and being in the arts community and getting my photography degree and, um, you know, just making, I haven't had this many friends said like, I was not a likable person until like probably five or six years ago. Like I was, (laughs) I know, I swear to God, if you met me in Yakima in my mid early twenties, you'd be like, who is this person? I can't be around her for five seconds. I was, I was, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to like self judge or anything, but I was very sick and I was not well. And I was not like the kind of person you'd want to hang around with. I'm very pleasant now, as you can hear and experience, Mm -hmm. but like, you know, before moving to Spokane, which has basically been like a reawakening and rediscovery for me. And this place has been very good to me. Uh, The people here have been very good to me. Um, I've, I've just made so many friends and, and connections. I'm so grateful for it. Uh, like I know, I know a lot of the crap about it, but it's kind of like with the pandemic, right? Like I know in terms of my mental health and, and the crisis of my life as a whole, like, you know, the pandemic, you know, could have impacted me more were it not for already kind of being like in the middle of something intense. But, um, so Spokane has been like, Spokane is a lot like Alaska. It's a giant small town. That's probably why I feel so comfortable here. Like everybody knows everybody. And, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm very, very happy to be here. I'm happy we met. Oh yeah. Um, I loved, I loved that play, um, that you directed at Gonzaga with Bethany in it and all those other amazing people. Oh, you saw Doxy's God. Yeah. I saw Doxy's God. And actually you probably met a lot of people there that night, but I went up to you and I was like, I loved this. Thank you so much. But I know you met like, you know, people that were coming up on you and shaking your hand. And I, I just absolutely adored it. And I don't know that I've been exposed to theater like that before. Mm -hmm. And I was crying like throughout and I was so moved and I just, I find it to be the most incredible thing. And I just like want to encourage you. This pandemic isn't going to go on forever. And, and, you know, you're going to get back to those things. Sid. it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be epic. Yeah. Keep talking about how good Doxy's God was for the, uh, oh my God. <laughs> for the, for I the, will. For the recruiters oh. and oh <laughs> the masters. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, not okay. really. You don't have no, to. I will. Oh, okay. I will. All I right. Will, I will promote this shit out of. <laughs> <laughs> what were you like just we'll talk about it real briefly because it's a recurring topic on the show <laughs> um like what was your experience kind of going in I mean besides like obviously Bethany was there like what were you expecting I don't know I just went because of Bethany because Bethany is my good buddy I, I just like want to support her and everything she's doing excuse me um and I didn't really know anything about the play I didn't really I read the description and then it took me a while to catch on to the Charlie Brown references. And I was like, Oh shit. It's like, it's like Charlie Brown and his friends are all <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, Oh, this is so realistic of what it would be like if they were teenagers. And I was like, Oh man. And then the guy that played Schroeder, like he rocked my world. And I met him. I photographed him again at blue door theater and I'm kicking myself. That I can't remember Sean. his name, but I saw him. Yeah. Oh my God. I just like the tra- tragic beauty of his facial expressions. I just, it's like etched in my soul. I can't. <laughs> and he was I, I was so beautiful. Like, oh my God. And uh, then, oh wait. Oh. Um, it's a Schroner, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I okay, because Schroner, uh, I think, is Beethoven. 
as who you're thinking of. And oh. when you said Blue Door Theater, I thought you meant the other actor that was in the show, Sean Bahari, who who has done stuff at the Blue Door Theater. Maybe you're talking about John. Oh, I don't know. Maybe what? I've been. I've been. Is it, I is it the tall, skinny white guy or the short, skinny white guy? <laughs> you talking? Um. Well, I'm only five five. I think he was a little taller than. It might have been John. Uh, he was. Yeah, I think he, was- uh, John Reddy. He was also at Bethany's uh, little gathering. He he had a poem. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I love his poetry. Yeah. I think I saw him and I was like, I love when you act, mm-hmm. man. I love your acting. He seemed like not like freaked out by me necessarily, but I just imagine everybody's freaked out by me uh, usually because I just think I'm weird. So, and that's fine. I mean, I know I am, but like, I don't want to like upset. Oh, anyone. no. I feel so. <laughs> I like, I think I always kind of. Like and this is a bad thing. Um, I or I used to anyway. I used to go into the, with the mindset that like everybody doesn't like me, you know. Like, yeah, it's hard when you like maybe you didn't have like the greatest self esteem instilled when you were younger. Like, what reason do I have to believe other people would like me? And then, you know, personally, just by the evidence that I haven't really had many friends until, well, actually, I was in the recovery community in Yakima. As I said, I was getting sober. So that was really the first time I had friends was in the recovery community. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like moving to Spokane, now I have all these art friends and it's so legit and just like, yeah. And, and you know, it's cool. Like I, I'm sure you've learned this at some point, learning that you are a likable person worthy of, you know, respect and friendship uh, that is meaningful and healthy. I sometimes. hope there are, there are days where I don't think that way, <laughs> but I think, uh, the days where I do think like that I'm a good person are more, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and then the days where I'm like down the dumps, I just kind of live in it a little bit. But um, most days, it's not like before where I was like, absolutely thought that I was unlikable. <laughs> I think like I'm in a place now where I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a really good artist. I'm a, I think I'm a good director, even though I don't have a lot of credit, um, you know, but I got a grant. People like want to mm, propose mm-hmm. things and i'm passionate about it and it's gotten me good connections with like very important theater artists in the world like Anne bogart and yusuf mm. Gundi. Uh, he's a good friend of mine he's a playwright who's published worked in new york seattle um and stuff like that um and then like mike drucker is going to be on the show hopefully by the time this comes out maybe it doesn't i don't know <laughs> mike drucker wrote for jimmy fallon and saturday night live oh and he's a he's he's a primetime emmy uh nominated writer and stand-up comedian so yes yeah so he's he's a really cool guy and we're gonna have him on the show too and uh you know i know now that i'm i'm good at what i do i'm pretty confident in that and i used to not be so confident i always thought like i wasn't a good theater artist because i wasn't exposed to theater as long as like most of my peers um i started when i was like 21 uh Mm. and i'm 27 now and so i just feel like oh man all these people are starting off when they're like 10 and like five years old (laughs) like there's there's this one kid that we worked on a show with um last year and he's a phenomenal actor (laughs) and he's like eight and i'm like oh man that could maybe that could have been me if i was like not living in saudi arabia where theater wasn't really as prominent as uh it is here in the United States, but um, 
yeah, I feel like I'm in a much better place now than I was before, but I definitely, there are like some bad times. I mean, just yesterday, um, August 26, I was kind of like a little bit hard on myself about dating and I still kind of am, you know, like, I don't really know. I, I'm, I feel like I'm just going to be that type that's like married to my career and that's just going to be, that's just going to be it. There's really not going to be a number two <laughs> in there. Um, no matter how hard I try. I think it happens when you're not trying and it just sneaks up on you. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm going <laughs> to focus more on my career uh, for the most part. I don't think I do well with relationships. I think I push people too far. Like, Well, not push them too far. I mean, like I push them away. Like, and I'm just like, oh, man, this is, this is just going to end bad and I'm going to be sad. So I might as well just push them far away and just forget about them. You know, mm, I can see why someone would do that, especially if your career means as much to you as it does. Yeah, um, and then also like oh. past trauma. <laughs> oh well. yeah! Oh my god! Look, man, I'm a divorcee, and I've been through some shit. Really, I and and a lot of bad relationships, and I guess I'm either not one to give relationship advice or someone fully qualified to do so mm-hmm. um i will just say like be open to uh being surprised and what what may be in front of you and and um you know don't close yourself off completely like that it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing to allow yourself to be loved and um and to give someone that it's it's i don't you i'm sure you've experienced it before but just like don't give up Sid. don't give up on it yeah that's kind of my motto for theater <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like so and that's worked really well for me but like uh yeah i don't really uh don't really have like a thing and like that's not theater related like i'll i'll talk your your ear out about theater all day um mm-hmm. and then when it comes to other stuff i'm just like uh you know i'm not really sure what other, my other interests are i mean i could talk about nerdy stuff <laughs> that's pretty much Dude, it yeah. Yeah. yeah well then you're gonna definitely somebody like look like you're you i don't know that you realize it and you're starting to you're super super talented super sincere and very personable like i know we're on a podcast and stuff right now but i'm just saying it's out there man and i predict you're going to be very surprised all right well, that's all well if it's, <laughs> if it's 50 years and i'm not surprised yet i'm gonna like I'm gonna come knocking on your door. <laughs> yeah, and then I'll do some, and then I'll do some crazy psychic shit, and like, <laughs> yeah, uh, bring something about. <laughs> exactly. Um, going back to Bonnie. Um. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. That's that's kind of how this show is. Like. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Bonnie. Uh, what's she doing now? Like, how's she holding up during this pandemic? Oh man, she, you know, she's, she's with my parents um, and she's doing all right. You know, there are unique challenges living with your parents and I'm sure to living with your child. Um, But they get along like pretty well, you know, Um, Bonnie set up an office in the other room and stuff. Um, And, and she, you know, she got a keyboard uh, so she can teach her lessons and do that. Um, and I'd say she's, you know, she's bearing up really well. She's on like master classes all the time um, uh, on social media. I think, I think she just had a, a young person interview her about opera she, kind of randomly. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, she's doing, I'd say she's doing good. And uh, 
and she's a boss, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's not an easy time to be like a young social, um, person, but, uh, you know, and she's in Yakima too, by the way, my family's in Yakima, all my, all my family's in Yakima. So I do, I do get back there. Um, so she's just kind of, she's kind of working her butt off from indoors and, and laying low a little bit. She's, she, my family are very conscious of the pandemic. You know, they believe it exists. My mom works at a hospital. Um, she just got another job doing like lab tech stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been, yeah. So Bonnie, Bonnie's doing, she's doing good. Yeah. I'm sure she has her struggles, I think, but, um, yeah. Is, is she the only opera singer in Yakima? Because like, if people don't know Yakima, like, <laughs> it is as small as you think it is. <laughs> it is. No, she's not the only one. There's a couple others. There's like a couple voice teachers there. Bonnie had one or two voice teachers in Yakima. Um, I think at least one. Um, and then, of course, at, in Ellensburg, just you know, 30 minutes from Yakima, Central Washington University has one of the most esteemed music programs in the country. Mm-hmm. which is where she trained and had. So I, I wouldn't say she's the only opera singer in Yakima. I would say there aren't like a ton of opera singers practicing opera consistently in the area mm-hmm. um, because I mean, they, I mean, well, one, you know how it is. You're in the performing arts. You can't be performing at this time. She actually was supposed to have, I think she was going to do a solo uh, exhibition at the seasons I think she was going to have, if I remember correctly, her own entire set where she just performs a bunch of songs. Um, but that, of course, was canceled. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I love opera. I mean, I I don't think I've I think I've seen one opera concert. It was during like uh, they did last year, like a theater fest type of situation where uh, they showed all the, like all the local performing arts that's going on in the Spokane area. And I got like my little taste of like Madame Butterfly um, a little bit. And I love, I just love the sound of it. I I mean, I've never been to an actual concert, so I would love to one day go. Um, It's cool that I now know an opera singer, like, well, secondhand. Mm -hmm. So like, if I ever need one, I'm going to like, Oh, hit her up. She's so knowledgeable. Cause that would be so cool to have like a a baby bar show, but like it's opera. Oh yeah. Like that, that actually, that would be actually really cool. Like she should just like come to the baby bar and like do an opera, like in the little baby bar, you know? Oh, you guys could handle it. She is so loud. Your eardrums would bleed in that, in that space. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're no, she'd break glass, dude. Yeah. No, I, oh, bro, bro. <laughs> <laughs> she got a, she's like five foot two. She got a voice, man. Like the projection, I can't even fathom it. I'm oh. like, aren't I like, how do you not damage your own hearing? She's like, that's not going to happen. I'm like, but it's physics, it's loud noise right next to your ears. How do you not damage your hearing by singing like I've had this conversation? She insists it's not a thing. Yeah. I don't see it. Yeah. The glass breaking thing I know is not a thing. I think that's like a, a I know. I know it totally is a cartoon thing, but what I'm saying is it's very intense. Like mm-hmm. I like the idea though. I do. And yeah. she does sing other types of music. She actually sings uh worship music and spirituals and um she's been like, you know, paid to sing at churches and stuff. So, oh, dope. 
No, that'd be cool. I mean, we did reflection. Uh, it was a 10 minute play at the baby bar and that was a really cool experience. Did I ever, did you ever know about that? No. Yeah. And I don't look, I don't get out much. Like since I quit drinking, like I do go places, but I am like, I'm actually, um, I know I may seem very social, but I actually don't like crowds or loud noises because of like PTSD, which I'm like working on. But, um, yeah, so I, I I feel bad like being a member of the arts community and then being like relatively out of touch in certain regards, like especially with performing arts. I feel like. Oh yeah, you, like maybe we should go on like a, a little show date and like. Oh we'll yes. Have like I usually like going out for dinner with friends and then seeing a play. Um, Ooh, that sounds good. I my apprentice, Georgia, she's uh, Georgia Kittredge. Uh, we talked about Murphy Kittredge and that's, yeah, that's her older sister who I uh, mentor. She's 16. And uh, I, I'm, I video chat with her every week because I teach her directing. Uh, initially she was going to be a part of my uh, um, playwright form that I got for, from Saga. Like she was going to be the assistant director for that. And uh, I was like, well, if you're going to be the assistant director, I better uh, are you still there, Grace? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, I'm okay. just listening. Yeah, I heard. I, I heard no feedback, and no, I was like, "No, no, yeah, no." <laughs> I'm just, I was like, I'm "Oh just my listening. god, is she gone?" Okay, <laughs> no, no, you're good. Um, so I was like, "Well, I better train you to be a director, so you're not going in completely blind." And so, uh, before the pandemic, we would meet like every week at a coffee shop, like Atticus, and talk about directing and directing theory, and we were going to do practical stuff and. That never happened. So we would chat. After that, we just chatted on like uh, Zoom and FaceTime and just going over like our reading and uh, theories and if she had questions. And uh, we've had people come and help teach, like my friend Nathan Patrick Nelson, who was on the show, hopefully by the time this episode comes out. And then Kathleen Jeffs, my mentor, uh, got, got to talk to her about college because she's a junior and she's doing Running Start this year. Dude, that's okay. I'm like, I have so many questions. But like, first of all, like, all right, I'm super ignorant. I'm uh, very curious how you would teach directing. Like, I know there's an art to it and a process, oh, yeah. techniques, but like, it's not something as maybe like a writer and visual artist and somebody who's rather singular in my art practice that I yeah. like would even have. Like, I'm just fascinated by that. Yeah, um, to go over it, like, real quick, like, what we do, uh, the first thing I ever told her was, like, the stuff that I'm teaching you is what's helped me. I don't, I don't consider myself, like, a certified, like, director. Like, I can actually, like, go ahead and teach directing. Like, this is the stuff that I've learned when I was in directing one and directing two at Gonzaga University. Like, we literally just stole my old professor's, like, format and just, like, we're going to just follow this a little bit. Class. And so we would read scripts. Uh, a lot of it because of the pandemic um, was analytical. So mm -hmm. we read one book specifically uh, that touches on directing theory by Anne Bogart, who is one of the most prestigious uh, theater directors of the 21st century, I believe. Um, she is very important. She is, and one of the, one of the people that I look up to. Uh, and like we've read what, like what she has to say about theater and uh, it's, it's very like theoretical. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, a lot of the stuff, it's hard. It's really easy to talk about, but uh, it's hard to apply. Like talking about collaboration and um, let's see what else. Collaboration and not worrying about having all the right answers and assuming that 
just because you're the director doesn't mean like you're totally in control. You have to let other people do their job. You know, like you, you I don't want to teach my students to be like ty ty tyrannical, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I want them to collaborate and listen to other people's opinions and like take that in and see how it can uh, evolve your vision. And, uh, you know, basically what Anne Bogart says in her book is like a director is like uh, the first audience member uh, for the actor. So um, they're the ones who get to see everything from the very, very beginning. Um, so we would read that book and just talk about things. Um, initially, we were I would have loved to have done some practices where we do like a fake scenario of like uh, of like a rehearsal room and mm -hmm. just go over like uh, blocking and how like focal points like affect where the how the audience perceives things like if you're in a proscenium theater or in the rounds or like or in a modified thrust how the blocking can change the story. Um, oh. And then uh, there was the other one. Oh, and like intentions using like action verbs instead of like adjectives. Like uh, if you tell your actor like, okay, I want you to be happy in this scene. Oh. Like um, happy is not something that you can act. Like you can be happy that you killed somebody, you know, like, <laughs> you know, you can like, there's so many ways to be happy, but like narrowing it down to it being specific. Like why is this person happy right now? Um, because they bought the farm that they've always wanted to buy and that's filling them with joy you know it starts off with the verb <laughs> the action uh okay. so initially like her final was going to be she was going to direct a show for, for the playwright form she was going to take a play that one of the kids wrote that she feels really attached to and she really likes and essentially that was going to be her show you know like i don't get to touch it i don't get to influence it um, however she wanted to interpret it, it's going to be the way she interprets it because it's hers. Dang. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. That's what I was saying. Like, that's a lot. Damn. Yeah. I'm surprised that I was able to talk, <laughs> like, and talk about it and like, it all makes sense in my head <laughs> because like, I just keep telling myself like, ah, I'm not sure how qualified I am to do this, but like essentially basically what I told you is my experience and how I was taught directing like at school, uh, but it's interesting like to apply that to a 16 year old who is in high school, <laughs> not, like learning like some stuff on the college level. So, uh, and probably not, not even freshman college, like this is like sophomore, junior, junior year of college. Yeah. So uh, she's, she definitely has a lot on her plate, but she's handled it really well. And uh, if she wants a recommendation from me, like that's what I'll say. <laughs> I was like, she's definitely very smart. And she has a lot of potential and I'm very proud of her. Like, Yay. yeah, I mean, like at the end of the day, like even if she like totally royally fucks up, you know, like I'm still going to be like proud of her because like that's the point of theater mm. is like it's like it's the art of fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> like, There's a podcast. Yeah, it's like risk, fail, risk again. That's what uh, the National Theater Institute's motto is. Like literally that's mm. on the front. Like that's, they're one of the best conservatories. I need in the, to write that down. Yeah. It's one of the best conservatories in the country. And uh, the, the literally the first thing that's on their website is risk, fail, risk again. Um, because if you're not, you're not taking risk. If you're not doing what Anne Bogart says, um, putting your hand into the unknown, firmly grasping it into the unknown while the others in what's known, like you're not going to have a, like a, 
good product. Like you're not, you're not going to portray this honestly. Like if you're going to like micromanage each and everything that goes on in a show, like it's not going to be good. Right. <laughs> you know, like you just have to sometimes go with your feeling or, uh, or like listen to other people's opinions instead of your own. It's, you know, a lot of, I feel like a lot of directors feel like they, they need to be to- in total control of like the show and in a way like that works for film because film is we we call film like that's the director and the editors like art rather Mm -hmm. than just and uh theater is more the playwright and the actor uh is like area and you know directing is still uh, in theater is like still a relatively new profession i mean you'd always have the playwrights like shakespeare like he he did what we would be doing as directors like he would be quote-unquote directing his own plays and acting in them so like yeah the profession of directing is still relatively new but i feel like a lot of people like take it as a the film side of it which is it can be uh very like tired you can very much be a tyrant in movies you hear like christopher nolan and uh stanley kubrick and uh who's the other guy the the godfather Uh, i can't remember is that francis ford coppola like those people being very strict in their rehearsals, like in their sessions in their rehearsal space, but you know, they, they got cred. <laughs> and like, I think a lot of the people who are in those movies, like know that this guy's a visionary, like, and when you're in a film, it's much different than the being in a play. Cause then in film, they record bits and pieces of the movie they don't they don't normally go in chronological order they go in the order of like you know what needs to be done <laughs> uh, like yeah and don't you have like a schedule of what makes sense to do first and like yeah because i did i did actually work on a couple movies like film yeah sets. it all depends on like i i was not good at it <laughs> but i like was there yeah. i was there yeah. for a, sure a lot of that I think, uh depends on like weather and like contracts and like when people's avail- mm. availability are um the budget for the day or whatever like it, it, there's a lot of factors that go into like what needs to be recorded first you know i think if something has right. a lot of visual effects probably like might want to be recorded first so they can get started on doing the visual effects portion of it. Um, again, I, I haven't studied film, so I don't know <laughs> if that's the case. But right. um, I was on a TV set, and uh, I've seen that Ooh. like happen where, yeah, you're recording bits and pieces, and they don't really make sense when you're in the moment. But when you see the actual TV show, you're like, oh, okay, so there's, there's actually a lot more in this episode than I thought there would be. <laughs> So yeah, I, it was very long-winded. Um, but no, no, no. But, I'm like really genuinely interested in that. Like, it's just so much to learn, man. You know, you come to you come to Earth, and you're like, it's like uh, I wrote something. I'm working on a piece that actually my writing group is trying to get me to submit to the New Yorker, ooh. which is interesting. Yeah, I wrote um, I wrote a fiction piece about. Um, <laughs> about a cold calling saleswoman in the age of the pandemic mm-hmm. and it's autobiographical. Um, cause I do, I have done been doing cold calls, a cold calling salesperson. Uh-huh. So I made a story about a cold calling salesperson who's really struggling. Um, and it's interesting, like what I wrote down that you told me it's risk, fail, risk again. Mm-hmm. 
And, and it really, that is like the essence of my sales career. It, it really, it really is because, you know, I think a lot of people may not understand about cold calling and telemarketing and sales and like, you know, the way you're perceived or like, you know, you want to get over somebody like hating you for no reason, really fast, pick up a phone and dial and try to make an appointment. Like, (laughs) you know, um, like I will say like, like I'm really interested in this piece that I'm writing. I've, I sent it out to, I think five people today for them to look it over for, you know, um, like my sister got a degree in writing, so she's going to look at the grammar and stuff. And, um, and then, you know, other, other actual writers who like, you know, know their stuff. And then my friends for, um, perspective, because I do have a person of color in there and I am not one. Mm. So I'm trying to make sure I'm like accurately representing a perspective Mm. of someone in that situation. Um, so yeah, so I'm really I'm really excited about the piece. If uh, the New Yorker passes, we're gonna shop it around to some other magazines. Like my, that's my writing group out of Las Vegas, and they're like a group of authors that have actually published work, and I'm related to two of them. But they're not just the kind of people that would blow smoke. They would tell me like really nicely if I sucked, and they sure as hell wouldn't encourage me to submit it to the New Yorker. And like break my heart when the, only to find out that I like actually suck in there. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? So like, so I'm, I'm proud of what I wrote. I've been working on it for about eight weeks um, and going into the, my, my writing group over Zoom. Um, so yeah, I was just, I really inspired by that risk, fail, risk mm-hmm. again. And I would say like as a business owner, that's really sums it up. And, and, you know, there's an art to everything that we do you know, um, and you can learn so much from the arts and you can learn so much from, from your occupation. If you're, if you're looking for it or if you're willing, and I will say like being a salesperson, I've done so much personal development, being a salesperson and having my ass handed to mm-hmm. me. You know, I, I, I've been in therapy for like a decade, but I think I've like learned possibly more about myself and about like personal development from being a salesperson. It's yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like it's so, um, it's, it's hard. Like it's super hard, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. And I have really great coaches. Um, so yeah, but I am trying to like, cause I do have a very public, like, it's not like I have a huge following or anything, but I am very publicly, an insurance agent and I'm very publicly an artist and sometimes those two don't go together like there's some art that I won't show because I could get in trouble at work mm-hmm. you know um because one you need to be kind of neutral I think as a business person like there's a time to take a stand for human rights you know and that's why I appreciate how many companies have come out in favor of Black Lives Matter so there's a time to stand up for human rights and also you know corporations you know, a lot of times have to dance a line and, and like as a small business owner in Spokane, Washington, you better believe I'm tiptoeing on some lines. Like, you know, like it's like, I don't know, man, I will speak my mind when asked, you know, Mm -hmm. but like, I don't go out of my way to inform everyone about my personal feelings on stuff. Like, especially as a person in business, like 
like especially especially in this environment in Spokane like I you know a lot of people will like say shit and they'll like talk about their political views and I'll just sit there and be like "Uh uh-huh I don't have to agree or disagree and it's not like they're saying blatant racist shit it's just like stuff I like don't agree with at all and like they have no idea I don't agree because I'm not interested in having that like conversation and I am I'm trying to be neutral I'm trying to coexist um and of course there's a time to actually stand up for what matters but like in terms of Ooh, do you like Joe Biden? I'm like, just leave me alone. Just stop. Just, I mean, God, uh, I won't even, I won't even go there now, but like, I just, (laughs) I'm not even going to say the T word. I'm not going to do it. It's gross. Well, when you said like (laughs) art and like sales, it it did remind me of the art, uh, the art of the deal. (laughs) Oh God. Well that, that, oh my God. Okay. (laughs) Did, did you see the spoof on that? That was played like very a long time ago. Um, I didn't see like the whole thing, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like the parody of it was entertaining, Yeah, but it was like, it's like funny then, and now it's like oh. it's gone far, 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 far too far. Yeah, it's uh, Donald Trump. Like, like shit. Not to go into Donald Trump too much, but like, it's not funny anymore. No, <laughs> no. You know, like making jokes about him and stuff like that. It's like it's not. No. It's not funny anymore. It's not. It's like it's like we're we're past a point of like dark humor. It's just fucking dark. Yeah. And- it's dark and and you know like i love my family and i love my friends i'm acquainted with a lot of reasonable wonderful loving kind open-hearted people who are trump supporters Mm. and i don't see them as trump supporters and that's the end of the story you know people are complicated people have reasons for doing what they do and it's not my place to be like well um but I just, I can't, obviously can't get on board with that. And then, you know, it's, it's confusing. You know, I'm, I am slightly like a person of faith. Uh, I don't, I don't quite understand how that community is getting behind our leadership. Um, except for the fact that, you know, a vast conspiracy and stuff being controlled by the 1% and they're in that demographic, but you know, Whatever, we don't need to go into conspiracies. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit of a bipolar tendency to like go on YouTube and watch a bunch yeah. of videos. And again, <laughs> like not going too deep into it, but like, um, I mean, the reason why they like him is because he's saying exactly what they have always said, you know? Like they always preach, mm. like at least like the crazy spiritual, you know? Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. And then the thing is, like, that I'm convinced he doesn't believe any of the oh, shit no. he's saying. He just, he just says he just says it because so, so he can get you know what he wants. I sincerely yeah. believe he's not human being, you know, like he's <laughs> like like a reptile. Well, not even like I don't I don't even think he's like part of this oh, world. Oh, you think he might be? Oh, like like a, like a hologram or some shit? That'd be so. Crazy. I I don't know. Maybe like I'm gonna write a story. A, a, oh my god, you've inspired me. I'm gonna write a <laughs> fiction about like the holographic president controlled <laughs> by like alien forces outside of our planet. Yeah, trying to like take over Earth, and this is the way to do it. Oh like, my god, he's dark. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a different species. That's what, what I'll say. It's like I don't believe he loves anything except himself. You know, like, I don't even think he he sincerely loves his family. 
you know, like, or like, you know, his kids or, you know, his brother died. I don't think he gave a shit. He was like golfing, I think. Well, well we really have no way to know, I suppose. Yeah. Because uh, people, you know, the thing about like politicians or, you know, it's hardly that, but like public figures and stuff, you never really know who they actually are, you know? Uh, and, and even if he's like, oh, showing his true colors and being authentic and genuine and kind of like crappy, mm-hmm. horrible, awful, like talking about his daughter sexually and shit like that. Like, you know, like you can't ever really know mm-hmm. um, what some what somebody's really at. Like, uh, and I, I don't know. People are complicated. No one is one way, one thing. And that's why I'm able to like be friends and still love people who are in support of that person. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, like, what are you going to do? Like turn on your family? Like people are turning on their family. I'm not interested in that yeah. bullshit. You know, like this stuff is just a giant distraction and it's like, I don't, I don't want to say it's unimportant because you know what happens in our country is important but it's a distraction. It's a giant distraction from other stuff that's actually going on. And I'm not going to get all conspiracy ish, but like, it's not, it's not, it's, it's smoke and mirrors. It's not as significant on the level that we think it is. It is significant, but for different reasons. And that's, yeah, there's a lot of that too. I I think, I feel like, um, yeah, a lot of people are exaggerating a lot of things, but I definitely believe that Donald Trump is not a, not a good person. Um, I think I wrote a big post about like, I don't really want to be a part of like the people like who support him. Cause like, it just feels to me like they don't support me. Cause I fit mm. in a lot of like mm-hmm. anti-rhetoric, mm-hmm. You know, like against the LGBT community, against right. Arabs, against, right. you know, black people, like on stuff like that. Like, it's so hard for me to be like, mm. man, is this like the person you want to back? Like, is this like, you might you might say that you're not racist. You might say you still support the LGBT community, but like the person that you're putting into the office right now has fundamentally destroyed all that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like, horrifying. It's it's, it's, it's just like horrifying. Yeah. And I, I I've gotten like to the point where like, yeah, like I if you want to support this man, you don't support me. And if you don't support me, I don't want you to be in my life. You know, because like why why have that energy? You know, like I already got rid of a lot of people who uh, like wouldn't support me. And I'm just like, all right, bye, dude. I don't care. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, like, and like if I, if I was to do that, I'd, I'd lose like probably 65% of my acquaintances and family. So, yeah, it's definitely, it's not easy. No, it's and I, easy. and like, I, I'm sorry that, you know, that you're going through that. Um, I mean, obviously you're like, clearing some space for better things um, when you're and it's, shutting yeah, down your life. But I'm really, I'm really, I feel terrible for. Oh, that's, it's fine. I mean, like, um, it doesn't affect me too much. It does affect the people that it really does affect. And I just feel for them. Yeah. But like, um, what was I going to say? <laughs> um, I can't believe I, I got political on a podcast. Oh, that's fine. It, 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 it all, it all, uh, we've, we've talked politics. I guess it's like, 
I guess it's a political opinion to wear a mask oh, in this pandemic. For sake. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead. I, yeah, I guess it's a political opinion, even though in the rest of the entire f- fucking world, it's not, uh, you know? Yeah. So it's, 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 you know, and I think it, there's like, there's like some worst case scenarios in like, like Florida, for example. I have a friend who has uh, family or like some children in Florida. And, uh, you know, she's not looking after them, but um, they are, like, going to school without masks. And people are apparently walking around Florida like, you know, nothing's happening. And Mm -hmm. they just do their thing. And, like, it's like, bro, what, why? Exactly. I mean, we're not every other country in the entire world that are currently, they get to do fun stuff. They get to go out. They get to do theater and go to movies mm-hmm. and, ha- and i'm like i've never wanted to like not be in this country <laughs> kind of hard not to be embittered like at that mm-hmm. point i would imagine if if that's you know your life and livelihood and interest like and then people aren't doing their part like that would be really frustrating mm-hmm. like I-, I yeah i've never really thought about going back to saudi arabia before and this pandemic has made me think like what if i did go back <laughs> what would happen like i and it's very like it's not for me going back to saudi arabia honestly but sincerely i've thought about it m- multiple times <laughs> wow like this year and i like i thought that would never happen you know but um cuz like i'm like i'm kind of sick of being in quarantine and all this stuff you know I want to like, I want it to be done. You want to be where the people are and see them dancing. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I got that reference. Um, Oh yeah. Best movie ever. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, Going back. So uh, I know we didn't talk too much about Bonnie and like, that's kind of like the beauty of the show is that we do talk about the person that we're thankful for, but it's again, the show is really just about storytelling and reflection. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going through a lot like in many different ways and it's it's fun to talk about and dissect those yeah. so I, I i do want to go back to bonnie just real quick because uh we should be wrapping things up here real soon um uh pretend bonnie's here right now mm-hmm. um what was some, what's one thing that you would like to tell her oh oh i'm gonna try not to cry oh i won't get too deep then uh go go as deep as you want I'll girl go, like I'll go, I'll go like reasonably deep um <laughs> As deep as you're comfortable okay. with. How about that? Okay, that's chill. Um, hey, Bon. What's up? Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> move to Spokane. <laughs> <laughs> She'd hate that. There you go. She'd hate that. No, I, I say, um, you know, she's really, I, she'd hate this, but like being the center of our family, Bonnie, um, we all really care about you and appreciate you and you really came along and lightened things up for me and Gloria. We love you and your great aunt and wonderful sister and best damn voice teacher. And I'm so proud of you and you're a boss bitch and keep killing it. Slay like Beyonce. Do it. There we go. <laughs> I love that. Um, we don't get a lot of siblings on the show. Um, Daisy else, uh, who is a little 16 year old opt, op, uh, opt, 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 what's the word entrepreneur entrepreneur yeah uh she has her own like a little acting company with her and so she talked about she talked about her siblings too and uh you're one of the other people and it's very sweet 
I love sibling relationships. It always makes me feel things. <laughs> uh, do you have a sibling? I have three, oh, actually. Oh, cool. Uh, they're all in Saudi Arabia. My brother was here for a little while, but um, I would say that, you know, while I love my sisters, um, me and my brother are, de- are definitely the closest and the one I talk to the most about things, you know, private stuff. Sure, because, yeah. Uh, not to say, like, that my sisters wouldn't keep a secret, but, like, um, if I knew, if I wanted, like, for sure secrecy, like, 100%, like just tell it to my brother because <laughs> mostly my brother uh, <laughs> uh he's very much not in touch with his feelings he's very much a I don't give a shit kind of guy which you know I I vibe with you yeah know, like, oh I yeah I like respect I, I, the hell out of that yeah so like I'll tell him something and as long as it's not like offensive you know like he he'll just be like yeah, whatever I don't care <laughs> <laughs> that's like Phil that's like my husband Phil I could have talked about Phil on this whole show Phil's exactly mm-hmm. like that. He's chill. He's a chill dude. Well, that just means we have to bring you back on. Yeah, I'll tell you all about my husband and just be like nauseating. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, gals, and non-binary pals, this has been Wayward Artists in the Wayward World. We are now in the lightning round questions of the show. Um, it's a series of five questions that I ask guests each and every week. Uh, they're fun. They're not so quick because we'll probably go into discussion about them. Um, but there's a lot of we've gotten a lot of interesting answers over the course of this show and uh grace are you ready to answer some of these questions let's do it all right question number one what would be your perfect day oh oh my god oh okay okay oh oh my god okay this is a this is an amazing question and i didn't hear like the exact end of the last podcast so i'm glad i haven't thought about this until now okay (laughs) Oh, God, here we go. Okay, all right. So I wake up hella early, like it's still dark. And then it because there's no light outside. So it's like 4am. And I go out and I take a bunch of night photography, because I like to do night photos of like empty parking lots, because it makes me really happy. And maybe I do a couple self portraits where I'm wearing like my wig and I have pill bottles and like some flowers and I make some art. and It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that then i get like a latte perhaps i usually get an americano so if it's a perfect day though i'm gonna get like a lavender oat milk latte and i'm gonna have some crepes i'm gonna have like three crepes i miss the crepe place it shut down okay so i go get some crepes and then all my friends are there wait my friends that get along are there my friends all get along all my friends are there um and my sisters and my nephew and the guys are somewhere else. So it's basically just all my girlfriends because um, I mostly have girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe AJ also, you if you're interested. Oh, yeah. Um, cool. So then we're all eating crepes, and I buy everyone the crepes because in this perfect day, I can buy anyone anything I want. I love buying people stuff. I love especially buying people food. So we eat crepes, and then, then we all go to, like, a lake. And we go to the lake and it's like the perfect temperature. And I like just go in the lake like I'm a mermaid and it's epic and I'm in the water. And then maybe I get some psychic messages about life, but they don't freak me out. <laughs> and then <laughs> um, and then we all go um, like, let's see, we all go on a road trip. Somehow we all fit in a giant, giant bus and we all go on a road trip to somewhere cool where we eat more delicious food. Perhaps, let's see, what cuisine? 
not Italian, because I never find other Italian food to be satisfactory compared to the ones I make. Um, let's see. Oh my God, what cuisine? Sushi. We all eat sushi. Uh, we eat so much sushi and teriyaki and like every kind of Asian food is available under the sun, including, um, you know, Korean and Japanese and Chinese and all the things and Vietnamese. Oh man, all the food. Oh man. Oh, we'd also in this scenario, maybe not travel, but go to the Bali Asian beef, all their food. It's the best. Yeah. That's very specific. <laughs> yeah. It's very specific. And then, yeah. and then, uh, and then like all my friends leave me alone because I've been overwhelmed by too much company. And then I'm just hanging out with Phil and it's like, it's like five o'clock and then there's more delicious food. There's pie this time. There's like, there's a really good meal that I really like. I can't think of what meal I would eat. Maybe just something simple like pizza or a nice burger. Yes. You can see how a lot of this revolves around food. Yeah. <laughs> food, food is very important to me. So then we have like delicious burgers and some pie. Maybe it's Thanksgiving and we've had turkey and then we have some pie. And, and since we're on thankful on this podcast, not for colonialism, but you know, um, and then, uh, yeah, then Phil and I just like hang out with the cats and we watch like some epic television lately. It's been Rick and Morty. Mm. We watch like epic television and then I take all my medications like super early so I can fall asleep and then I sleep for a super long time and it's amazing. Yeah. Wow. For someone who hasn't thought about this, you sure did think about it. <laughs> yeah. I when you mentioned the coffee shop, I was like, man, I just miss going to coffee shops and just not like yeah. having the coffee and just sitting there and just like hanging out for an hour or two and maybe I'll have like a pastry or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe I go to Madeline's and get like breakfast there. Oh, you yeah. know, like I miss going out. Uh, oh I don't want to go to restaurants now and have to wear a mask. <laughs> yeah. and it's it's sad. Yeah. I did before before it closed down uh, again. Uh, Bonnie and I did go and do some outdoor ish seating at my favorite uh, sushi restaurant, Izumi, mm -hmm. because Bonnie comes to visit. She's coming here for Labor Day. Oh, cool! Also. Fun. Yeah, yeah. So she's gonna visit me and fill in the cats, mm -hmm. um, and. Yeah, so we went to Izumi and had some sushi, and it was, like, freaking surreal to see people there, even at half capacity or whatever. It was weird. It was weird to be eating out. It was like, am I committing a crime right now? Am I about to kill people yeah. with my germs? Um, but it was, it, it was surreal. It was super – but I haven't done that since, and that was, like, a couple months ago. Yeah, and you can kill people with your germs. That's why we're in quarantine. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Oh man, I'm just, uh, I really, I'm crossing my fingers that everything goes back to quote unquote normal. And I say quote unquote, because I don't want it to go back to normal, but I want it to go back to where I can go to a restaurant and just worry about how it normally, it's disgusting out outside instead of like how disgusting it is now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I do vibe on what you're saying. Yeah, because like I... I do wash my hands on a normal day, but like, I don't think I'm consciously like, Oh yeah, I'm going to wash my hands. You know, I need to wash my hands now. I just touched this thing and I now have to go wash my hands, you know, or like put sanitizer on, you know, I'm never, I was never like that. 
Like the only times I would wash my hands is probably before the meal. And I say probably because, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're out and about, you, you're not thinking about going to wash your hands or thinking about the food. <laughs> you want to. Oh yeah. You're thinking about food like, <laughs> as evidenced by my perfect day. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so for sure I, it would be after the meal or like, you know, after using the bathroom, that's all, that's when I'm washing my hands, you know? Um, but now I'm just like washing the hands, wearing the mask. And I just, you know, I know why we do it. I don't like it. That's it. Like I, and I, and I'm very strict on people who don't do it and do, mm -hmm. wear, the, wear the mask. And I know in my heart, I hate wearing this thing. <laughs> but I right. think like everybody kind of does, you know? Yeah. Like it's not, like, it's not like, yeah. it's not like, oh yeah, I want to live in this world where we have to wear <laughs> a mask and social distance and all that. Like I don't, I want to not social distance. And it, actually, you know what? That's a lie. I actually enjoy the social distancing because <laughs> I don't like being around people. I'm just like, leave me alone. I need my space. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> until, just, until, you know, you're facing what you're facing. And... Yeah. I should like bring a stick like some people I know do and just like stay away from me. <laughs> like I, 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 I even did the thing. Some people I, do that. Are you serious? I think my cousin did. Um, no. Yeah. She's like, stay away from me. Six feet. Oh. <laughs> Like, yeah, some people are hardcore, that's for sure. Damn, I just, man, I just hate the idea of, like, you know, us getting more pissed off at each other than we already are, like, like oh, Yeah, God. well, some people just don't follow the rules. <laughs> you know, like, they they make it hard for other people. And, you know, some people are uh, symptomatic. Like, they, like, right. they'll, they'll get it and it'll make them really sick. So they're, like, super, hey. I don't want to get sick. I don't want this COVID stuff to mess me up even more. Um, what was I going to say? Um, I, I even did the the hoodie, glasses, and mask thing. And I, I got to say, I felt very, like, secret. But I was also... Ooh. But I also felt very scared. Like I was worried that the, oh, the no. cops, the cops would come and be like, why are you... Yeah. Why do you, are you about to rob a bank or something? Like, did you do something wrong? <laughs> you know um but anyway i didn't that even know that was a thing it's like a thing that people are like wearing the hoodie just, is that like is that like yeah is that like a movement or not really i mean i just thought like you know i just want to be anonymous i don't want to like uh i, I just want to. oh okay like i don't want because you said i did the thing and i was like oh it's the thing like Oh, you know, I, it was a, it's it's one of the it, it, it could be a thing i don't know if it is a movement it but could like, be, yeah uh, okay, okay. But like putting all that on, it just made me feel very uh, like I was up to something. But I, but I also like I, knew <laughs> people, but I also like it, it made me feel like yeah, people totally won't know who I am, <laughs> which like I enjoy. Like maybe they won't even want to talk to me. Like I always get random people talking to me sometimes. I'm just like, man, just leave me alone, please. <laughs> um, qu question number two, because um, we're running out of time. Um, what's your third favorite movie? Let's see. I have to think about this. It'll just take me a moment. <sighs> huh. Um, probably Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Ooh. That one, specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Why the Order of the Phoenix? I always heard that one's not really the, the best one. It's my favorite. Like, I don't know why other people don't like it. I liked it. Um, for a couple reasons. Uh, well, for, first of all, like I love Harry Potter on an archetypal level. Like my cat's name is Severus. 
you know, I listen to Harry Potter audiobooks every night because sometimes I like hear stuff at night and like listening to something makes me not hear stuff. Um, so I listen to Harry Potter audiobooks like almost every night. Sometimes we switch it up, but, um, but I really, and I've watched the movies so many times, but I've never read them because I really struggle to read. Uh-huh. So <laughs> that's funny. As obsessed as I am, I've never actually read them. Anyway, um, what I loved about Order of the Phoenix was like Harry overcoming this, this like darkness inside of him and how like, you know, the Voldemort connection is like really hardcore and it's really intense and he's having a hard time dealing with it. And then he possesses, Voldemort possesses Harry and the thing I love the most about Harry Potter, like in general is how friendship is the most powerful form of love. Mm-hmm. The most po- the, uh, friendship is the most powerful form of magic. Love is the most powerful form of magic. Love is what ultimately saves each other. And, um, and that like that friendship, they're all about friendship and like growing up and not having friends and having friends that I do now, like I'm a very dedicated friend. Like I take friendship real fucking seriously. Like I'm, I'm all, I'm all Italian about it. You know, I'm very loyal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, anyway, so what I really love about that one in particular is the end, you know, uh, Dumbledore and Voldemort having it out. They're fighting this massive battle. It's super cool. Voldemort possesses Harry. And then he's like, Dumbledore says to Harry, Harry, it is not how you are alike. It is how you are not. And he, Harry sees his friends in the distance. And then he remembers like who he is. And he remembers the love he has in his life. And Voldemort is like playing on his worst memories and worst fears just to try to mess with him and break him and turn him evil and Harry like sees his friends and remembers who he really is and says, um, you're the weak one. You'll never know love or friendship. And I feel sorry for you. And at that moment of compassion, Voldemort couldn't handle being in Harry's body anymore. So he left him and he goes, you will fool Harry Potter and you will die. I don't know what he's saying. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, uh, but yeah, I love that because like Harry, you know, overcame the darkness and love. friendship was what saved him and love is what saved him. So yeah, I, on an arch- I don't know that I would say the movie was the most well acted or whatever, but like also Fred and George Weasley tear it up and it was hilarious. Um, anyway, yeah, that's my third favorite movie. Yeah. Um, have you read the book? Like or I've, I've listened to it on audiobook. Yeah, I prefer the book version for sure. Um, yeah, I like, I'd say it is better, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I like. I think when I originally watched The Order of the Phoenix, I uh, after reading the book, I was very disappointed because <laughs> like there was like so much in the book that was like, oh, I know. But there's so many like important things in here. Like, why did you skimp around it? Like they, well, that one. I if watched... anyone. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like, if anyone needed, like, a two-part, like, movie, I feel like Order of the Phoenix does, because it's already, like, the biggest book in the series. Mm. Oh, is it? I didn't know. Well, so, yeah, I will say, like, they leave out characters and they leave out details that are, like, really interesting. And then, of course, you know, as any book to movie goes, like, the dialogue gets cut down. And I'm a dialogophile, I guess. I really appreciate good writing. Um mm-hmm. But, you know, I went from the movies to the books. Mm-hmm. So I was already enjoying the movies. And so the mo- I didn't have the opportunity for the movie to disappoint me because I didn't read the books first. 
I see. But there's that. Because <laughs> I didn't even read. I didn't even read or watch Harry Potter until I was in my twenties. Because I wasn't allowed mm-hmm. to. Because you know Harry Potter's the devil and shit. So. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it is. Yeah. Which it's kind of shocking that Americans had that response, even though you know it was very popular in Saudi Arabia and they did sell the books. <laughs> uh. Like. And where magic, you can actually get killed for being practice like paganism. Oh my god! Yeah, for real. Um, yeah, it's too bad J.K. Rowling. Like, just to like go like political a little bit. It's too bad J.K. Rowling doesn't like learn from her own books. You know, <laughs> I I'll be honest. Like, I can't support Harry Potter because of her. And like, I know separating art from the artist. And I do like movies like with Kevin Spacey in it, even though Kevin Spacey's a terrible person, you know, but like Kevin Spacey doesn't, isn't just the movie, you know, like there, there's the director, the other actors, the production company, Harry Potter. My problem with it is like, it is JK Rowling. That is her book. She wrote it. I mean, sure. Maybe she had someone edit it and stuff like that, but like, it's her book, you know, I could make an argument for the movies to be of being like, okay, other people kind of like touch this product and same with the play, same with like the potential video games and stuff like that. I just, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about JK Rowling and her transphobic remarks and how much she gets out of Harry Potter. Like if one day they were going to be like, Hey, we're going to make Harry Potter without JK Rowling's help. Like I'll probably get it. Oh, she'd sue the pants off. Like, I mean, (laughs) but like if they were to do that, I'd just be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like we're, We'll get into this, but like, I just can't support it. I mean, I, I'm fine with other people supporting it for sure, but uh, because like maybe they can make that justification of being like, oh yeah, this is this is an art that um, I love and I do love the messaging and it's this, this, and this. But um, yeah, it's just hard for me to back Harry Potter anymore when the creator is so evil, like not good, like towards other people, especially like with her books and the way that she, she's like yeah i find it like well, of course you don't notice what you notice until you notice it but like there are like almost no black people in harry potter yeah seamus Finnegan, finnegan is the only one and uh the asian person oh seamus seamus is no it's uh, uh dean dean, dean thomas, okay, dean thomas. That's a... and then they have and then they well like then they have um, angelina johnson that, yeah angelina but she was in like one scene uh-huh. And then they have this kid that they have, like, he literally says stuff that's, like, all mystical, which is super stereotypical, like, of, like, shitty American film. Um, or I don't know if other countries do that, you know, make them, like, the mystical person. And, but... and then the Asian character being Cho Chang. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or um, let's see, what was the other one? Oh, and Dumbledore, like, biggest one that I hate, Dumbledore being gay. Which, like, I don't believe he's gay. Like, I'll just say it. I don't think he... I don't think he's gay. I read an article uh, about... There was a Time magazine that was just dedicated to Harry Potter. And I read an article written by a gay man that was, like... He felt basically, like, the Dumbledore being gay was extremely disingenuous. Like, But apparently the story was, from what I read, was, like, they were trying to... They were in the screenwriting room and or the screenplay room and they were all like deciding what was going to be in the movie and stuff and they were going to have a line about like Dumbledore reminiscing over a woman or something 
And then she writes, she handwrites a note and says, Dumbledore is gay. And like, they're like, oh, so we can't put something about like him liking a woman because he's gay. So she, that's when she like brought Dumbledore out of the closet, apparently. But like, that's also like by erasure, too. Like, he can like women if he likes. Ah, that's a good point. You know, that's a good But point. Here's, here's where like it falls out the door for me. And it starts with Fantastic Beast and them choosing not to explore that. <laughs> after years of it. oh i know no i feel like they did a little bit did you watch them i did i don't like fantastic beasts yeah it's not my favorite but like they did have this moment where like jude law is like looking in the mirror of erised and he's all like lingeringly wandering with his memories of grindelwald and like they're like young dudes together and yeah. so they like a little 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 bit went there which is Here, not a- here's what i want and it's it, it's probably going to be very graphic but what i'm about to say like yay <laughs> i i want them to hardcore fuck you know <laughs> like that is what i want like i i don't just want to i just want them to like penetrate each other that is when i'll be convinced in you know? harry potter yeah like just absolutely for children just, like, i mean not like obviously for real but like you know <laughs> what i mean like they need to do something i take stuff literally you'll have to excuse me i didn't learn <laughs> I didn't learn humor the way most people learned humor. I was homeschooled. I do not have a sense of humor. I don't understand things. But like, but like but I, I want something that's more than just like, oh, did he? He looked at him very mysteriously as if he was his lover type of situation. Like, no, I want them to do something that's like, yes. Well, isn't it like indicative of our culture, though, that they're not willing to like go there in a way that might be approachable for all audiences, like for kids to understand like what romantic love between two men or two women or non-binary or something else could mean in a non-hetero like exactly context. So like, I, I am disappointed that, you know, we're, we're, it's like, it's like special interest to have like as a genre, it's special interest often to have, gay people or trans people or you know it's not it's not mainstream but what i'm saying is if it was if it was put out there in a way that was realistic and like just like you know the rest of us because love is love is love why can't we just like integrate it Mm -hmm. realistically and not have to like i don't i don't know what i'm saying i'm rambling at this point but oh no i see what you mean i like i totally agree with you um it's just the culture is not ready which kind of sucks because you have stuff like love simon and love uh, victor which is on hulu um where they go into that a little bit granted although i think the criticism for love simon and love victor it's more yeah he says he's gay but like he like he spends most of his time (laughs) trying pretending to be straight you Mm. know like I want him to be gay. Let him be gay. <laughs> yeah, I see like, what you're. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I do. It's uh, like, yeah. I mean, I mean, I. I guess I'm disappointed sometimes in the way if someone is gay in on TV, they make it almost characterized, char- like a caricature. You mm-hmm. know, like like you really get to know. You super super know because they're making it super super obvious. And like, yes, let people themselves as they are but can we portray people as like people and not as like you know i don't know maybe i'm just oh uh, no you're you're out of touch i don't know oh no i know i I see what you mean like uh like the gay person in the show like he's definitely gay you know like yeah the accent 
he has the limp wrist, you know, like, right. oh, honey, and all that stuff. Like, right. I don't know. Can they just be real? You know, yes. like, I was very disappointed in Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, mm. Skywalker mm-hmm. where they had uh, the two lesbians kiss. And, like, I know the one character that's in there. And I'm glad, like, I know her name, but I read the books and stuff like that. So I know the context of that one character. But, like, you just, like, threw a gay kissing in there. And it was just like, oh, okay, great. I'm glad like well, we we did it guys we put representation get LGBT res- representation in Star Wars we did it here's your two seconds of like a gay kiss like right. background essentially background characters that you don't know who they are <laughs> oh, and they just like throw it in there it's almost like it's like gratuitous but in the wrong direction it's like how they hyped up uh, LeFou in Beauty and the Beast oh, him being totally. gay but it turns out he just like he was just dancing with a guy that that was it like that was literally it yeah. and like they did that the same yeah. shit with like onward the pixar movie where one of the uh-huh. the cop by the way um the uh-huh. lesbian cop who talks about like her partner and like who's uh, like a woman and i'm like but who is this cop character she's not part of the story she's not part of the lore i know i know it's like it's like there's like the main characters have to be heterogeneous you know like <laughs> The main the main characters have to be as normal as possible for normal whatever to make it like relatable or some shit for the masses. But like, you know, now we're starting to understand that sexuality is a continuum exactly. and not a black and white situation. And and like people are now maybe having permission to realize that about themselves mm-hmm. because it wasn't represented on television when we were kids. Like, um, I am I've come to realize in recent years I'm a little you know, not 100% one way or the other, um, which, you know, once you're in a committed relationship, isn't like, I don't know, for me, I'm, I don't, I don't explore that. In fact, I've never really said that, but, um, <laughs> anyway, um, on a podcast, cool, Grace. Yeah, that's fine. You didn't, uh-huh. you didn't say anything wrong. I feel like maybe that's something you should bring up to your husband, you know, like, Oh, I have. Yeah, he 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 knows. Like, it's fine. It's it's totally cool. But like, you know what I mean? Like, I think you know, if I didn't grow up in the early two thousands, I would have realized it would be okay to like, because there wasn't a lot. What I'm saying is, there wasn't a lot like culturally, you know, that was around that made it seem like, you know, I mean, I did grow up in a household that was like homosexuality is a sin. We should not be tolerant or being judged and like, you know, um, and, and not all of my family believes that. And and most of my family is like loving, you know, they're loving, they're loving people. But like, I know a lot of them are not accepting of that. Um, But like, you know, that's a lot of people aren't. And I think a lot of it is due to a lack of representation in culture that makes makes somebody other than like a caricature or a stereotype. Um, I think there would be a lot of progress made if there were, like you're saying, more accurate representations. Wow, how do we get on this topic? This is really no, that's that's <laughs> the beauty of the show. Um, yeah, let, let's go into question number three because yeah, we've been kind of rambling on here. But... <laughs> Sorry. Oh no, it's fine. I think I, it was my fault mostly because I I have a lot to say about Harry Potter because it was definitely a a series that helped me read English. Um, I, I'm, oh, cool. I'm self-taught uh, oh, wow. reading and writing. Um, I'm, I was born in America. My mom's American. She was born in Spokane. My father's from Saudi, but um, I taught myself how to read and write. So, and I taught myself how to read through Harry Potter. And so 
hearing all this. Well, it must be extra disappointing that J.K. Rowling turned out to be such a dick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, for a while, I've kind of, like, not really liked what was going on with J.K. Rowling. I think she's really she's really trying to be relevant with Harry Potter. And it's just like, you know, girl, why don't you just make the eighth book already and stop saying weird shit? Like, wizards used to poop in Hogwarts before there was plumbing. And they would make their poop disappear. And I'm like, See, bro, I'm out of touch as hell about all of this. Like, I don't pay attention to headlines or, like, I mean, I, like, for my mental health, and, like, I, I haven't been suicidal for a few months, ironically. Like, <laughs> well, that's good. I haven't. That's good. Yeah, I know. It's been, like, like I think three months since my last bout because I actually, the medication changed, you know, it was rough, but it did help. But, like, yeah, so I'm just not uh super aware i mean i understand some of what went down in that there were transphobic comments and that she says it does weird shit that's super inappropriate and that she's kind of a monster but like i i don't know nitty gritty and like um you know harry potter's meant a lot to me too like like yeah. in turn like it got kind of got me through stuff in my 20s ironically oh yeah <laughs> but yeah no it's very disappointing all right um question number three um how would i describe you oh like you personally yeah like how would sid describe grace yeah and you got to say it okay yeah all right sid would describe me as a convivial lively quirky interesting Darkly funny, brilliant artist. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, I would probably say a few of those things. I think you're a little bit quirky, but like that's charming. Um, I also think you have a really kind heart. I feel like I say yeah. that a lot about other people, but like all the people I know have real kind hearts. But like your attention to uh, like mental health um, really speaks to me uh, a lot. I think Thank that's you. how we bonded. Uh, yeah, to know each other with like you... tattoos. Did you ever see the Survive Project? Because we didn't even talk about this, but I also got a Spokane Arts grant, and it like really rocked my world. Um, and I got a grant to do a project on suicide survivors. I don't know if you ever got to see it, but yeah. I should sh show you the book. I can't remember if you were at the show. It was a couple years ago. I don't think I was at the show. I think I was stalking your website, and I saw some of those pictures. Uh, oh, I'll yeah. have to look at them again, but I think from oh, what yeah. I remember, um, they were really good. You're a really good photographer, and I'm not just saying Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> like, you took a really nice headshot of me. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate Well, you know, it's, like, really, it's really hard. I've worked so hard to do the best I can at photography, and, like, actually, while we've been talking, I've been editing product photos um, <laughs> like because I'm like it helps me concentrate more weirdly enough um, but like thank you because I try really hard and it's like you know when you come from where I come from it's hard to hear nice things about yourself and also believe them and like I have been getting a lot of positive feedback about my photography and it's so weird I don't know if this happens to you but you don't see your art like that, like flawless ever probably mm -hmm. and like I don't I don't you know, I don't see it the way other people see it. I only right. see, like, I don't only see, you know, the but, like, anyway, I take oh, a compliment. No. Take a compliment, Grace. <laughs> yeah. Compliment. Um, uh, with Dog God, like, I, it's very hard to look at that show without looking at all the faults, <laughs> like, in there. Like, I, I was sitting down um, one day, and I was, like, the first 
show like the first show and that was a complete fuck up with all the sound wasn't really going the way it was the transitions uh, were like awful brutal. they still kind of weren't as good as i'd hope them but like that first night was just like awful and i was like sitting on the edge of my seat like not really enjoying the show and <laughs> that i worked so hard on because like Aww. all these small things but like the people who saw it really liked it and oh my like, god yeah. yeah and they like really enjoyed it and i was like how can you enjoy this mess <laughs> um, well, i was terrible. sitting there crying I was well crying. i think it wasn't I your it. i think you you might have came on a saturday which the saturday uh, the saturday show was really good it, okay okay <laughs> the friday one was like i need I th- was uh it was rough for me anyway mm-hmm. um but then we were able to kind of figure out what was going on and saturday and sunday was really well uh, I was really glad for those. Or Saturday. I don't know. I, I don't remember the days. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was all a blur. <laughs> yeah, it was like literally almost two years ago. God. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, question number four. What's your favorite ice cream topping? Oh, sprinkles. Oh, what kind? I mean, the rainbow kind. I, lo- I love rainbow sprinkles. God, they're Except- so good. Yeah. People like I don't know why, but like people keep making fun of me for like asking for sprinkles, or they, or they would laugh what? and just be like, "Oh, they're like not making fun of me, laugh, but like just like, oh, that's so cute, you know, type of situation." I'm like, I don't like why. Dude, sprinkles are the shit. They no, have like they a really amazing texture, and they're kind of like weirdly buttery almost, and then like, and then like they're colorful and they look good, and it's making my mouth water. Next, yeah. next, next question. <laughs> Yeah. Um. No, I love rainbow sprinkles. I don't know. Maybe they just like don't see. Well, also hard shell, hard shell toppings like hard shell, like chocolate or hard shell. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Someone said that before. I don't remember who, but hard uh, shell is good. Oh yeah, for sure. And then question number five, and the most important question uh, on this show: um, left twix or right twix? Oh, I'm right here. Oh, okay. Left twix or right twix? Dude, I don't eat twix. Uh, but you have to choose. <laughs> oh, left, definitely. Why left? Well, because the sheep and the goats are separated and the right ones go to heaven. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what were you trying to say? <laughs> uh, it's like a Christian thing. <laughs> Can you say that again? It's in, it's in the Bible. I don't <laughs> Basically, the goats are the left and the sheep are the right, and the goats are like weeded out and the sheep go to heaven. Oh, dang. Sucks for the goats. <laughs> yeah, it's like, sucks for the goats. So I chose, I know, I chose the left one though, because I always am for the like, you know, the people that are out of favor. And in fact, I'm actually writing a series of Bible stories that I'm kind of like retelling, and it's a little, what's the word for it? I won't say sacrilegious because I'm not disrespectful, but. Let's just say I make the Bible character. I make Jesus like have a sense of humor and like it's not as severe. It's funny. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, could you say that one more time? Like, <laughs> I want to change my oh, answer. No, no it's character. funny. I, we get a lot of interesting answers, and I think that's another another one for the books. Oh, if you're, if you're comfortable okay. saying it again, like. Oh, sure, sure, it's fine. I said, oh, well, I chose the left one because the sheep and the goats are separated and the sheep are on the right and the goats are on the left. Yeah, and the sheep go to heaven. And the goats... Yes, and the sheep go to heaven. <laughs> the goats, I don't know who knows where the goats go. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm told where they go, but I'm not, like, on board. Yeah, so. you know, like, let's hope for the best for the goats in 2020. 
<laughs> uh, all right uh guys gals and non-binary <laughs> pals this has been wayward artists in the wayward world grace um any final words oh man uh i just you know no thank you thank you for uh talking with me i appreciate it and like i would love to collaborate with you in the future and mm-hmm. we'll definitely definitely have a coffee oh, yeah. And there will be coffee shops without masks. It will happen, Sid. Don't I worry. I hope so, you know. And I hope we get to do, uh, you're going to take photographs for the playwright form. And I hope. Yes. Oh, I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to that. Oh, my yeah. God. It'll be so great. I, I was reading about your project again because I was turning in that photo to Spokane Arts. And, well, um, uh, there's you know. uh, the conversation I'm about to have with art is very sad. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see what, uh, what goes on. I don't want to. I don't want to say too much. Okay. Oh, sure, um, sure. Okay. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, without further ado, it's been real. Thank you.